X marks the spot for killing a gross-ass spider. Welcome to episode 26 of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's the middle of June, so we'll be discussing some new comics and some classics. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is the rainbow on my sentinel, Hattie. Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on geekade.com or 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. Leave us some feedback on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. We post some of our favorite X-Men and X-Men related images every single day. Every day. And we also curse our fucking mouths off every single day. Woo. So why would our language on this podcast be any fucking different? So here's your explicit fucking warning, you fuck. JK, you're not a fuck unless, unless Chad is listening. Then Chad, you are a fuck. You know what? I fucking, I hate Chad. Like, like an episode of Maury, right? Chad, you are the fucker. Am, am I right? You're right. You watch. Maybe, maybe we should change it to Chris for this episode just Why? because of that uh, stuff that came out about Chris Hardwick. He's a fuck too, Chris. You are also the fucker. When when you said Chris, I thought about yeah, our I, our Chris. I thought about our, our friend Chris, Chris, and that I thought that that was mean. Okay, so but we don't know anybody named Chad. So there, but there are, are listen. There are so many Chris's in the world uh-huh. that I'm sure the majority of them, or at least a few million of them, are fuckers. There was that guy who was stalking me. <laughs> and then um, there's Chris Hardwick, so that's at least two jackholes named Chris that I know. Right. So there's got to be more. There's so got to be millions more. There's got to be Your millions. Your logic is flawless. If there's two, Thank you. there's millions more following Let's, behind. Are there... Who else is Chris? We need to get them all on more. Isn't the guy... The singer from Nickelback, isn't his name Chris? No, that's that's Chad. <gasps> Shit! Look at that! Oh. His name is Chad. Specifically, fuck you, Chad, from... All right, that's... That's, that's enough that's, of that's the enough. name game. That, that is. That was a fun name game, though. So you'll have to excuse us. Uh, Patty is very sleepy, and I'm very Yee. full and also a little sleepy. We've had, uh, we've had an exciting couple of weeks. Um, if nobody cares, we'll try to keep this brief. Uh, we did goat yoga today. We did goat yoga. I surprised Patty. Her birthday just passed, and I figure it's the, it's the weekend when we're recording. Anyway... And uh, so I surprised her with goat yoga. Yeah, and the goats, they were so cute, and I got to pet them, yep. and I kissed one, yep. and they climbed on my back, yep. and <laughs> I got to hold them, and feed them, and yep. just just love them. Yeah. It was, it was a good time. Yep. I loved it. And uh, they tried eating our fingers. They tried eating our fingers. They tried eating my nose. Yep, that happened too. It was it was awesome. I loved it. It was. It was. And uh, it was a very exhausting day. And then last weekend, we were at Anime Next. In Atlantic City, which is an anime convention. In Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. And we were cosplaying my, like, top OTP of all time, which I'm super obsessed with. Uh, Eraser Mike from uh, My Hero Academia, which is uh, Eraserhead, a.k.a. Aizawa, and Present Mike. Presentation Michael. Presentation Michael. Fucking love that. A.k.a. <laughs> Hazashi Yamada. Which nobody knows his actual name. They just call him Mike. So that's, whatever. That's okay. Yeah, I shipped the two. I shipped the fuck out of the two of them. Because Ship that fuck. I shipped the fuck because they're basically me and Jonathan. Because right. I'm the loud, crazy, yeet, motherfucking, dabbing, asshole, dumbass. <laughs> and he's just like, okay, he's like really outgoing sounding on this on this podcast. But 
That's not him. No, it's not. He is a sleepy boy, uh, introverted, <laughs> kind of just like looks at his shoes, won't talk to anybody. Yeah. So, um, like a cat. He's, yeah. It takes me a while to warm up to he's, you. He's Aizawa, and yeah. Aizawa also loves cats. So and it is sleepy. And is sleepy. He yeah. walks around in a sleeping bag, so. Yep. Yeah, it was a good time, but um, yeah, I mean, MHA is kind of a slightly appropriate because there are it's some the same thing as X. There are some some heavy parallels to the X Men. If you've never heard of My Hero Academia, it's uh, X Men but gayer. Yeah, it is. It is. But yeah, like I said, a lot of lot of parallels between MHA and the X Men. And um, if you haven't checked it out before, check it out. But moving on to the more important business at hand is we have a bunch of new comics that we're going to be talking about. So, and, and let's dive right into the first one, which is X-Men Red number five. So we're already at the fifth issue. Yeah. And Cassandra Nova is just starting to really, like, pull off her plan, right? She's basically invaded Poland. Um, so she's basically Hitler. So, yeah, I was going to say that. But, <laughs> but first, Hitler did Czechoslovakia first. Did he really? Yeah, this is the first country invaded. But did nobody care about Czechoslovakia? Nope. Was like, eh. Nobody has ever cared about Czechoslovakia. They were like, oh, that's the thing? Don't they grow wheat there? Yeah, like, oh, literally, I tell people I'm Slovak, and I, I like, just, like, put a semicolon and say, it's right by Poland. Because <laughs> nobody knows what Slovakia is. Sometimes people are like, oh, Slovenia? And I'm like, no. Nope. It's a different country. They're not even next to each other. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's, uh, you can look at a map of Europe. They're Man, different countries. Life is hard in the old yeah. country. Yeah, the old country. <laughs> they, uh, they have goats there. Funny story. So, uh. Funny story? How about that goat yoga that, yeah, that we did? Yeah, I love that. Do you think that they have goat yoga? I don't think so. They treat animals much differently in Europe, especially in Eastern Europe. You know, they kind of just use them as, like, tools. They don't see them as, like precious baby children like we do here yeah like my penis yeah my precious baby child it's <laughs> it's not really not really a worker it's my precious baby you know what i mean i mean every once in a while i gotta put it to work you know don't I laugh know. don't laugh like you don't know i know oh you know all right anyway x-men red number five all right so so gambit this was great so gambit sneaks into the hospital right and you think he's going to kill this fucker David. And I was waiting for this to happen. Because this fucker just, like, killed this really cute random mutant in Louisiana. And, like, I really wish Gambit had gotten in there to fucking kill this douchebag. Wait, why was, why was uh, this uh, this Nazi David in the hospital? Right, so so Gambit, like, kicked the shit out of him, right? Okay, because he sneaks into the hospital to yeah, finish the job. Yeah, to finish the job, right? But it turns out that the kid was just infected with these sentinel nanites that fucking... Cassandra Nova is like spreading all over the place. Obviously, she's infecting like world leaders now. That's what's going on in Poland. But it's just like all over like random people. So you know, I didn't even get that. Really? I um speaking from an Eastern European family. What? We are not the most accepting of people. Oh, so you just figured out oh, this is a Polish thing to yep. do? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they're any better in Poland than they are in my family in (laughs) Slovakia, but if they're at least at the same level, yeah, I could see my family doing this. Oh, man. Just like get these fucking mutants out of this country. That's terrible. Yeah. I'm so sorry. So, but yeah, and that's, that's what's going on, man. She's, she's creating all of this anti mutant sentiment now with these sentinel nanites. Sentinite is what Trinary calls it. Which Um, sounds cute. 
It does, but it sounds like anti-Jew to me. Sentinite. If you mix some letters around, oh, you like, see what I'm saying? Yeah, like that's a, not a joke I should make, but like that's the first thing that came to my head. I'm like, eh, anti-Semite. Oh, am, eh, oh. Eh. it's not even really a joke, but that's literally that the word that came to my mind. But it also kind of makes sense considering what these Sentinites do. Why it sounds like anti-Semite. Because it kind of turns these people into, you know, anti-mutis. Yeah, so no, it does make sense. It's not even a joke. Anyway, so, like, all this anti-mutant hysteria is sad, but we see these fucking assholes, like, on the news. And we've seen these two characters before. There's a one blonde-haired lady kind of, like, objectively reporting the news. And then some older fucking douchebag with brown hair, like, spouting all this hatred um, about how terrible mutants are and how they should all fucking be eradicated. What's the, uh, what's the guy's name with the bow tie who looks like Arcade? Uh, Tucker Carlson. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, oh my god, this was dope. Alright, I don't know why this popped into my head one day, well over a year ago now. I was looking at a picture of Arcade, and I'm like, huh, you know what? He and Tucker Carlson kind of look alike. So what I did is I found a good image of the two of them looking sort of like a similar pose, and I cut them together, and I posted it on social media, and that shit blew up. And I stopped myself from tweeting it on, like, fucking at Fox News, at Tucker Carlson, <laughs> at fucking a bunch of CNN like people. Like, you're literally an X-Men villain. Like, um, yeah, really. Uh, because, uh, was it really gonna go viral? I don't think so. But think about it. They really do look alike. But anyway, so fucking Gene and the team stop Gambit. They realize that it's just Sentinel Nanites. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, David can't control not, his... Not the kid's fault. Yeah. That's fine. But still... Because the fucking leader of Poland is all anti-mutant now, so is the fucking military, and mutants are trying to get out, and it's really fucking sad to see. Basically Russia, going back to Eastern Europe. Yeah, you know, the fucking government, the military is, they're gonna fucking like round them all up and put them in camps or some shit, and it's really fucking, it's really scary. I love when Jean shows up and she's she's trying to be so peaceful, like don't hurt anybody, but like like alright. So I understand you put up like a TK shield, knocking bullets away, that's not hurting anybody. But when you've got uh Laura and Gabby like running up to these soldiers and slashing their guns, like that is going to seem like a threat. Yeah, maybe the stabby girls should have been, you know, like uh, in the back lines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because that's a little scary for these fucking soldiers. Like, you know, it used, like, we're trying to be peaceful. All right, Gene. But you've got these two girls coming at me with claws. Like, what? And they're Polish. Imagine if, if, uh, you know, they, they probably don't speak English or at least, you know, some of them might not speak fluently or what have you. How would you feel if, you know, two Polish girls started running at you with claws coming out of their hands and screaming at you in Polish. <laughs> yeah, right? You would be so confused. Yeah. Um, so I, so th- that seemed a little silly to me, but, you know, that's really just a tiny gripe because all of this was actually great and it kind of reflects a lot of things going on in our world and particularly in this country right now. But, you know, fucking Gene decides to take everyone's minds and merge them. So, like, all these soldiers can now see and feel how these mutants are feeling so scared they were literally trying to run away before they got rounded up and like put in fucking camps and then now more shows up can i can i just take a moment just to mention how much i love gene cray yeah. and I thought you were gonna mention uh, namor's 
abs. Oh, I'll get there. His fish nipples. I'll get to his fish nipples. <laughs> but uh, it was Nightcrawler, I think, who asked, like, Jean, did you, like, change their minds? Like, why are they just all accepting all of a sudden? And she's like, nope, I just merged everybody's minds so they could <laughs> see things from the other side. And, you know, it would be so great if we could do that to the leaders of our country. I agree. Because, like, none of them have empathy for anybody. They're just looking out for their bank accounts. Yeah. So... And probably elsewhere in the world, too, because, you know, this is Tom Taylor writing it. Right. Who probably is aware of American politics, but, like, I follow the dude on Twitter. Do you think he's aware of America? (laughs) What? Just, like, as a concept? Do you think he believes in America? Did you know that flat earthers believe that Australia is a myth? Really? Yes. Why Australia in particular? Do you know the reason? Because because it's on the other side of the globe. Right, so it would just fall so, off. Yeah, it would fall off. The current of water would just push that shit right off. And yes, yeah, it's, it's flat world, so there's no other side of it. Tom Taylor, you are a liar. Yeah, you are a fucking he's liar. Fake. fake news. That's fake news. Australia's fake news, apparently. No, but I've seen the dude tweet some stuff about, you know, bullshit going on in the Australian government. So, obviously, like, the bullshit that's going on here in the United States is not just limited to the United States. There's a big fucking surprise. This shit just mirrors what's going on in our world so perfectly. And you've got, like, people... Like, I'm not just talking about, like, in fictional people in comic books, although, you know, there there is that. We were just talking about that brown-haired dude on the cable news channel talking about mutants, but... There are people, like, on the internet that are like, oh, fucking keep politics out of my comics or whatever. And we try to keep this podcast mostly apolitical. (laughs) Uh, Sorry about that. Yeah, no, obviously some lines come out or whatever, and we make some dumb jokes or whatever. But if you really think that politics don't bleed into comic books, then you really just don't want to see that. If you go back to 1941, and there are probably even examples before this, Captain America was punching Hitler in the face. Don't talk to me about keeping politics out of comic books. I mean, Storm said it perfectly in this fucking comic. No true leader sees their own people as the enemy, right? I should probably just leave it at that. But yeah, Storm says no true leader sees their own people as the enemy. Think about how this mirrors our time. I still think that it's very naive of Gene to think that everything is going to go fucking peacefully and that everything was going to go peacefully on this fucking beach in Poland. But that's what we have now for. Their back- yeah, they had the backup plan, fish boy. Uh, shirtless fish boy. <laughs> uh, scaly nipples comes just emerging triumphantly all sexy out of the water. Yeah. Just like, bitch, please get, get off f- my fucking water. Right, get off my lawn. Basically, that's what he said. And that was it. Um, problem solved. So I made this analogy earlier today that Namor is basically just Emma, but a dude and also didn't, you know, cheat with Jean Grey's husband. That we know of. That we know of. That we know of. Do you think Namor would fuck Cyclops? I think Namor would fuck Cyclops. No, you know what? That'd be tough. That would be tough. I don't know which way that would go. Who would be the pitcher and who would be the catcher? I know who would want to be the pitcher. The answer is both of them. Right. But I don't know how that would work. Maybe they can get an intermediary. Maybe they would just, you know, maybe they would just, like, stand there and fucking glare at each other and just, like, masturbate. You know what I mean? Just, like, whip it out and just fucking just angry masturbate right at each other's faces. You know what I mean? I love it. Like, not even looking at the crotch. Yeah. Just staring at each other straight in the fucking eye, eyes to eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a competition. Beating that meat. Yeah. Beating that fish meat. (laughs) You like that?
I love it. Thank you for agreeing with me. I was, Thanks for playing along, I was, everyone at home. I was going to say something about what you were talking about before, but it just completely, whatever, turned into just a circle jerk. Yeah. And it was me this time. Yeah. But that's the biggest surprise out of all of this. I'm the one that brought up two fucking X-Men masturbating to each other, not Patty. Shows you how tired she is, right? Am I, I right? Am, I am so tired. Yeah. But uh, uh, if I think about it later... <laughs> I'm going to mention it, though. Good. I'll try to edit that in, in the appropriate spot. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, we got a rainbow on a sentinel. That's the fucking mode of transportation now. Pride this is beautiful. It's Pride Month. So uh, X-Men Red has been pretty great, and this past issue was mostly great. Um, but we got to move on to Domino number three. And, you know, I thought that this was a great issue. The last one kind of ended with uh, Speedboat blowing up. Domino's friends are on. I'm like, oh, no, they're all dead. No, of course wait, wait, wait. fucking not. What? Motorboat. Yeah, motorboat. Yep. Motor, mo- motorboat. Yep. Motor. Yeah? Boobs? Is that what yeah. you're getting at? Motorboat boobs. Yep. Uh-huh. Good. Yeah, which one is the one with the fake boobies? Outlaw. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's my contribution. All right, thank you. No, but this was a really good issue because this this had like a perfect flashback to fucking when uh you know, she was basically held in captivity and they're conducting these experiments on her and trying to get this fucking mutant power of hers to work how they wanted it to when they wanted it to. It was uh it was a really nice contrast though because you know, the art in this book is great, the colors are all great, everything's great, and the flashbacks are all in black and white. Yep. Um these doctors are assholes. Uh it's her 10th birthday. And I knew it was going to be a fucking cat in that box because the dude was sneezing. But she named the cat Christmas. The cat's name was Christmas. Yeah, she said that... uh got she, so many pets. She said she didn't know what Christmas was. Right. But she knew that it was like something happy. Yeah. So I thought that was cute as fuck. It was. It absolutely was. Everybody's getting pets now. Yeah. She got a pet in the present. She got that dog. Guido got a cat. Yeah. And then he got a Russian. And then... Oh, oh, and Omega <laughs> Red got, like, a tiger. Omega Red got a tiger. Yeah. Everybody, like, what is the theme? What is going on? Why They're is... They're going to make an X-Pets. I hope they do. So, yeah, no, this was this was awesome. You know, Domino gets up, kicks Topaz in the face, yeet, and she gets away, and I really just, like, I, I just hate Topaz. Like, we, we don't even really know much about her yet, but you just hate her. Just look at her face. It's just gross. Just, I'm waiting for Domino to shoot this bitch. Um, yeah, she was the one who, like, broke into the party the first issue, right? Yeah, she was, with, with that old fucking old guy. And I don't know what this is. But... And, yeah, we don't know who Topaz is. She said something about, like, oh, I hate you as much as you hate fucking, I don't know. Yeah, but, like... And, yeah, but we don't know why. She doesn't say why. I'm but the... I assume she's, like, one of the children from exactly. the... Exactly. Whatever, and that, like, her, like, because uh, Topaz said something about, like, there being repercussions yep. from Nina not obeying or whatever yeah. that she wasn't aware of so i guess maybe they were for some reason punishing topaz yeah. i don't know no but you're you're i was thinking the exact same thing you know like nina obviously wasn't compliant when the scientists were trying to experiment on her right and topaz is making it out so that domino is the bad one like you know these actions that you've taken or whatever have had like repercussions on like other people and it's like what so, yeah, that's probably it. I have a feeling Topaz is one of the other kids in there, and they're fucking conducting experiments on her, too. But also, I just realized this now that, like, why would her mutant power have emerged before her 10th birthday? 
Um, well, okay, so she it said has... that they were, like, created or something? No. So, okay. So, in some rare instances, it's happens. Like, okay. with... Uh, oh, with, like, extreme stress, like Magneto. And that's exactly what I was going to say. Okay. In rare circumstances, it just happens. Like, at birth or around birth. But in other circumstances, it's extreme stress. Even when puberty hasn't set yet. So, think about it. You've got these scientists locking her in captivity, shocking her. Yeah, I mean, her look powers probably came out somehow, and they just keep doing this shit to her. I was really, really happy that the cat didn't get shocked, you know? I mean, it was a silly gag. You knew the cat wasn't going to get hurt, but still. And that kind of set up Domino Mm. getting her eye branded. No, I thought... I was actually really worried that they were going to shock the cat because they came back with a taser, and they said, we're going to put it on maximum, and then they held it up to the cat. And, like, I was expecting her to, like, you know, break face and just be like, okay, fine, I'll try it or whatever. Yeah. But she didn't, and a guy ended up sneezing, dropped the cat. exactly. Shocked himself instead of the cat. It was hilarious. And then, yeah, uh, for punishment for that, that's why she got her face brand. Yeah, and that's that's fine. That's I'm I'm absolutely okay with that. I don't know. I knew the cat wasn't going to get fucking shocked, especially that dude sneezing or whatever. I figured that was going to happen. But I loved how she threatened that uh, the main guy with a fucking heart attack. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, but no, a lot of this, you know, and then the rest of this issue basically ends with her fighting all of fucking Shang-Chi's students. We don't know it's him yet, but, you know, just the action sequences are so well, like, constructed. You know, all these, like, little points on, like, their arms. She's, like, looking at the weak spots and fighting They're not actually and... his students. Well, they were trying to be. Yeah. They are they're waiting to be, but it, my point is these action sequences were, were fucking awesome. And she was so cute when she saw him. You know, before the, like, the reader even sees him, she's like, uh, I'm in a relationship, but it's, like, not, like, exclusive. And, I don't know, it was just really funny and really cute. And then... And then they showed him, and I was like... Sexy shirtless gag. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know, I really like how this is going so far. I've seen some people kind of, like, meh about the series. Um, although a couple have commented that out of the three issues so far, that this is the, um, best one. This you- is the only one with the shirtless Asian man. yeah. But I really think it's interesting. I'm curious to see where it's going. I wonder if there really is a mole in the team. Obviously, it's, it seems like a little too obvious for it to be like Diamondback or even for a mole to be in the team. There's I don't know. a traitor. Maybe they're, they're tracking her somehow. The dog. The dog? The dog is the mole. The d- <laughs> That's terrible. The dog is the mole. But you love dogs. It's a shapeshifter. You th- yeah, it's a shapeshifter. Like, um, like... You know, in Domino's first appearance, she wasn't actually Domino. Yeah, it was Copycat. Yeah, so... Oh, it's Copycat! Can Copycat be a dog? I don't know. Okay, it's Copycat. I bet Copycat can be a dog. Okay, theories. She's Copy Dog. Game theory. She's going by Copy Dog now. Copy Dog. Right! Copy Dog. Watch out for Copy Dog. All right, moving on. Uh, Next, we got Hunt for Wolverine, Weapon Lost, number two. I I think this is a great series. I love the team dynamic. I love the writing. You know, the dialogue and interaction between everybody is great. I still feel really bad for Cypher. Like, A, you need to shave. B, it's just, I hate seeing him addicted to the fucking internet. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like, you know, he can translate any sort of fucking language. But, like, I don't know. I guess if you can consume and understand any information, the internet is just nonstop. And How much porn really... do you think he watches? Oh, man. I don't, I don't know. What kind of porn do you think he watches? Cypher? Like, computer porn do you think that he would get one of those sex robots he would get one of those sex robots he would i mean he, well, he wanted to with... fuck danger right he did fuck oh danger. he did fuck danger he did so he would have no problem with those sex robots but... i mean he kind of like merged with warlock too i don't know if that's sex but i don't know what sex is 
<laughs> Thanks, honey. Uh, <laughs> we get into this ranger station in Canada, so of course, every time Canada is mentioned, somebody has to throw in an eh somewhere. But, um, no, it was, it was just a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to see, you know, like, Frank talk to these fucking stupid bikers who are claiming they saw Wolverine. There's four claw marks, and, you know, it's funny. And then he fucking Frank McGee takes out the biker, and then yeah, Misty... Yeah, yeah, wait, wait, wait. When they were when they tracked the bikers, that they got like a spotting there. That the biker like was saying that he got attacked by Wolverine, yeah. and he pulled up his shirt, and he had four, four claw marks. Four claw marks, what and Frank Frank was like, Wolverine has three claws, and this guy started arguing, and then Frank's like, All right, I'm sure one of your friends Googled it by <laughs> now. How many claws does Wolverine have? Yeah. And they're all like three, yeah, and they're like laughing. And I was like, this is fucking fantastic. Who yeah. doesn't know that Wolverine has three claws? Right? And then Frank just, like, knocks that asshole unconscious. You know, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was great. So, yeah, but that's the thing. They're trying to, like, you know, track down these fucking leads. And then all of a sudden, oh, surprise, a distress call comes out of fucking Canada. Canada! Why is Wolverine killing his own people? Well, maybe he just, like, went there, like, out of... Like, muscle memory? Yeah, like in School Alive, yeah. when the zombies were just, like, following their daily, everyday routine. Yeah. So that's why, like, some of them were in school, and some of them were, like, in the mall and whatever. Like, they were just doing what they were doing when they were alive. I get you. So maybe he just went to Canada, and then also when he was in Canada, he used to kill people, and he used to kill the uh, the the white boy. <laughs> he used to kill the white the white boy? Who's the white boy? The fuzzy white boy. The f- Wendigo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he used to, he used to fight that white boy. That's true. So I don't know. Maybe uh, you know he saw a cipher or something and got confused because well, he's uh, also a fuzzy white boy. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, but and you might be onto something. But so he might be being actually like used. Like that's the whole thing now. Like is somebody actually using Wolverine for nefarious purposes? Yeah. And if so. Like, maybe he was in this remote location in Canada on purpose because whoever's kind of handling him right now mm. knows that, like, Daredevil, Misty, Frank, and Cypher are following, are trying to find him, and this is a way to lure them out to take care of them. You know, to kill them so they stop following Wolverine, so whoever is handling him can use him for whatever they're using him for, if you get what I'm Sex. saying. So maybe that's why this remote location in Canada was just to draw out this team so Wolverine could kill them. That and makes sense. That's basically what happens. But also, I thought this was stupid, though, right? The team arrives at this fucking ranger station, and they hear a scream in the distance. So oh, let's go and check out the scream in the distance. But all of them go except for Cypher. Yeah, because he said, like, I'm not right. combat... Ready. Which, first whatever. of all, is bullshit because the dude understands body language. Like, okay, I get he can't yeah, throw down with Wolverine. He's not like strong though. I, I get it, but still, somebody should have stuck around with Cipher to make sure the kid was okay. You know, one of the three. Instead, they all walk off to this fucking cliff, and well, then they this realize is supposed to be some kind of like really high tech inhuman ship, yeah. ship that like he's not even supposed to have. It's supposed to be able to go like. Twice as fast as any ship yeah. known to man, so... But it was still upsetting because, you know, then the fucking dude goes and finds a dead body and cops, right, yeah. cops a smartphone off and is like, oh, let me get my porn. Yeah. And then gets, like, stabbed. You just fucking run through by Wolverine. I don't know. That was very upsetting because I don't want to see Cypher die again, A. Yeah, and he's, like, going through fucking withdrawals, not being able to go on the internet, that he, like, fucking 
you know, just uh, searches his dead body. But this and is, it's like, oh, cell phone, you're not using this anymore. Right, but this is what happens when you do drugs and look at porn in a horror movie. You get stabbed. True. So we should have seen this coming. But still, uh, I, uh, we talked about this very, very briefly yesterday, I think. And I was like, no, listen, they're right by this, like, ultra-high-tech inhuman ship. They should be able to get him on and save his life somehow. Okay. I don't think Cypher is going to die here. I'm going to be so mad because that's going to be the dumbest fucking death ever. So, I don't know. I Again, I liked this issue, but there's a couple little fucking flaws that I found with it, and I'm just not happy about. But Cypher better be okay. Uh, all right, so moving on to Astonishing X-Men, number 12. First thing is that the art was gorgeous as always, except for the cover, because everybody knows how I feel about fucking Greg Land. And... I, I just, again, I love how artists have been able to go nuts with this title. This issue really wasn't great, but I still loved it anyway. Because uh, uh. it was just, it's just, no, I mean, you know, this this issue was still a lot of fun. No, it wasn't. I, I, I thought it was. It was bad. It wasn't great, but it was still, it was still fun. Uh, it was a bad issue. The Shadow King is just vomiting black stuff all over everyone. And he says the last star will flicker out someday. What it does, all that remains shadow and i will be its king i was like oh my god that's you fucking asshole so corny <laughs> i could not believe that um <sighs> so but it, it was it was weird to see like all the x-men just ready to give up you know you get black stuff vomited on you i get it's gross but this is why they make washing machines it's why they make showers go clean yourself dust yourself off you can go beat the shadow king don't get all down and sad but they do Except for fucking Charles. He's just like, no, I, I am I'm the sorry, X-Men. I'm sorry, that's Mr. X. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save everyone. And then, you know, he fucking miniaturizes the Shadow King and squishes him. And I was so fucking happy because I fucking hate spiders. So fucking much. I hate Why do you spiders. have so many legs? Yeah. It's gross. Don't make fun of me. They're disgusting yeah, eight things. Legs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're so scary. It's not the eight legs. It's that all of them are gross, and their bodies, and their eyes, and their teeth. Don't body shame. And their fuzz. It's all disgusting, Patty. I have teeth and hair and but you're all not those a spider. things that you mentioned. But as you're well. not a spider. I might as well it's be. It's the shape of those things. What the fuck does that mean i don't know <laughs> all right so um this was all very silly it um, was so stupid <laughs> okay let me just so we have we have some basic fucking x-men story right some some bad guys some shit goes down they fight and whoosh charles xavier swoops in for the last <laughs> minute to save everything not only does he save everything to kill a shadow king he also just bam fixes warren okay you can be archangel now you can pick whether you want to be angel or archangel you're not gonna lose your shit and then boom here's a gift for you wolverine you have a path and boom here's a here's a gift for you everybody gets a gift and then boom mine's white but everybody except for betsy would would you call them all the gifted (laughs) call them all the gifted Am, am, am I right? Uh, am I right, folks? No, I want to die. No, go ahead. Keep keep so, making your point. <laughs> so then, so then Xavier's like, but nobody's gonna remember this except for you, you fucking hot purple-haired fox. For some exactly, reason, exact words doesn't doesn't really explain why. Mm-hmm. But we just gonna have to take that yeah. on his word, right? And he's like, bibbity boppity boo, I'm out of this bitch. <laughs> I'm 
nobody's going to remember I'm here or who I am or anything. His, like, face is fucked up now. It was, like, ripped in half or something. I don't know. <laughs> this This motherfucker just is, like, the wizard from The Wizard of Oz. Like... At the beginning, you know, it's like, oh, I I don't have a heart. I need a heart. And Xavier's just like, it was in you all. Sh- shut up. I hate you. This story was so fucking stupid. No, it wasn't. Jonathan, this story was so bad. It, it really wasn't so bad. It, to me, it felt sort of like a classic X-Men story, like a 80s or 90s story, except for this end. But it was still kind of fun, you know? And, like, there's a one shot of, of X. He's just, like, all fucking jawline muscle buns and stands up and is like, no, Shadow King, and then just squishes him as the spider and is like, no, this, I'm going to have my own dream now, not Charles's dream, and I'm going to go fucking do whatever. And, you know, now next issue we're going to get an all-new, all-different team. Thank fucking Christ. <laughs> and we're also getting Dazzler, so yeah, that's... Hell yeah. That's good. Um, this story was bad, and your opinion is wrong. <laughs> Moving on. All right, so anyway, speaking of Dazzler, the final new comic we're going to talk about is Dazzler X-Song number one. And again, speaking of a comic that was not very good but was still fun, we're talking about this guy. I liked this comic. Right. You have a your bad opinion taste. is wrong. <laughs> I really liked this issue. Uh-huh. I really wish that it was ongoing. Same. Or at least a miniseries, but preferably ongoing because I thought especially this issue was very reflective of the world and like more specifically the country right now. Yeah. So just a little background on this. This was supposed to be Dazzler number 43. Yeah. So at Comic-Con last year, so this was, this was interesting. And I honestly, I had completely fucking forgot about this. At Comic-Con last year, they were showcasing, like, all these old comics that were going to get, like, one additional issue. Like Power Pack. They showed off Power Pack. Dazzler. They showed off Darkhawk. Yeah, they showed off Dazzler, oh, right? Oh, and Masters of Kung Fu. And, like, so this never happened. Like, right. those other number ones all happened, like, you know, a couple of months. Not number ones. All those um additional issues happened a few months ago, but Dazzler didn't happen. Because this was supposed to be Dazzler number 43, right? Because her 80s series ended as number 42. What I'm thinking is maybe they realized, like, oh, we had that Dazzler one-shot from 2010 that we considered a volume two, so maybe that's why. I don't know. But still, we got this issue when we got it, and it basically the timing worked out perfectly anyway. I'm glad you liked it so much. I Again, I thought it was good. It was a lot of fun. But, like, as far as, like, great story goes, no. This didn't really have, like, a great I think you kind of have to read into it a little bit, I guess. Yeah, so I really liked the art on this book. It was basically a story following around Dazzler as she went on. She was just, you know, doing a few shows in New York City because it was, like, the same people every day. She kind of opened up her set by saying yeah this is me i'm a mutant and like uh i believe in like mutant inhuman coexistence and harmony and whatever and i thought that was great and you know like you saw everybody in the audience dancing and whatever Mm -hmm. i think that it was intentional that they had this purple-haired inhuman girl 
I think it was intentional that they made her black. There were a few mutant, anti-inhuman people who were going to Allison's shows and just bashing on the Inhumans. And the first time Allison was like, okay, I'm going to ask you to fucking stop. Like, everybody is welcome here, regardless of whether they're powered or not, or whether they're mutants or Inhumans or whatever. And, like, these anti-Inhuman mutant groups kept showing up and showing up and, like, basically started, like, threatening this black Inhuman girl and that they were going to, like, start fighting her. And Allison basically just, like, shot him in the ass with the light. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. It was, it was, okay, so there are a couple of things weird with it, though. So <clears throat> the most glaring problem that I had with this is... Dazzler's assistance in taking out Black Bolt and IVX. If you remember uh, Emma's plan with Dazzler and Dazzler's little ruse to get into Black Bolt's nightclub and then fucking Black Bolt scream, right? Dazzler absorbs all that shit and then blasts it back at him. That happened in IVX. And now Dazzler is up on stage like Inhumans and Mutants need to come together. Like, listen, I'm all for that. 100% for that. Like... One minority should not be trying to fucking marginalize this other minority. Like, that's not okay. But I feel like that should have been addressed here. Nope. I completely disagree with that. Because, like, Dazzler wasn't at war with the Inhumans as a race. She was at war with these fucking Nazi leaders that they had. (laughs) Like, you know, not... I mean, okay, that's like saying, like, I have a friend who escaped from North Korea. Like, okay... I still fucking hate, you know, Kim Jong-un. No, like, I... Like, I'm gonna attack him. I'm not gonna attack these poor fucking, you know, people who are kept in captivity or whatever. I understand, but but the whole fight, though, was basically mutants versus inhumans. And the inhuman combatants, yeah, were primarily, primarily, but not completely, the royal family. There were a lot of other fighters that were inhumans, too. This was basically a mutants versus inhumans thing because that Terrigen Mist was poisonous two mutants so you know emma concocted this fucking narrative and this plan to go take out the inhumans what i'm saying is dazzler was part of it and she helped take out the leader of the inhumans not all of the inhumans likely viewed black bolt as some like terrible awful leader and like oh you shouldn't be doing this to the mutants black bolt we hate you you know we want to be inhumans and want to be inclusive but it just seems like something sort of glaring to me i'm not saying all the inhumans are going to be like mad at her i just find it weird that it wasn't even touched on. That the last time we saw her have interaction with an, in, with an Inhuman that I'm aware of was, let me shoot Black Bolt through five fucking walls, right? And now she's in a concert like, mutants and Inhumans need to come together. I'm, I'm fine with it. Like, I'm, I'm happy. I would rather everybody get along. I get what you're I saying, though. Yeah, I, I don't, don't think really see that as an issue at all. Right. And um, I honestly see this as some kind of tie to like infighting in similar communities like there's some infighting yeah. in the LGBT community right, yeah. and communities with you know people of color even um some discrimination between people of color and LGBT people yep. and you know it's just like pitting poor people against poorer people yeah. like they're lazy they yeah, don't absolutely. whatever you know instead right? of looking at Above them, or the these people s- making $30 million a second, you right. know? Right, the social structure. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's what I feel like the whole point of this book was. 
That's why I said before, like, I'm not about, like, minority going against minority. Right, because that's right. what this was. This was about bringing these two minority groups from, like, trying to hate each other. Um, it was just, again, I, I think I think that worked. Just for me, it was weird. Anyway, like, I, I thought that this was fun, you know? It felt, like, as soon as I was done reading it, I, I wrote down in my notes, I'm like, this felt exactly like an issue from her 80s series. Like, it would have fit in perfectly. The only thing that was missing was, like, an overt heterosexual romance like there was no dude in this issue that she was kissing and that's really the only difference from the 80s series because there were always dudes that she was kissing on but it had simplicity it was cheesy it was campy but it was fun and it had a positive message and you had these bigots who were assholes and dazzler was trying to make sure everyone had fun you know and it was it was like i said it was fun i liked it yeah i really liked it too so do you think Dazzler X song number one should be number one on the X charts or should it get lost in the shadows? Is it beginning to look a lot like Christmas right meow? We'll be right back after these commercials, you super troopers. Tired of the same old websites reporting the same old geeky news every day? No, I'm tired because I drink 10 cups of coffee and get two hours of sleep every day. Then why not check out Geekade.com? Everything feels like stress and pain. Geekade.com isn't about reporting the news. It's about the opinions of dedicated fellow geeks who want to hear what you have to say, too. I'm not even sure if anything I'm hearing is real right now. Are you really talking to me, unicorn lady? At Geekade.com, we've got video game geeks, crazy comic book fans, beer-drinking bastards, and wacky wrestling nuts who love writing and talking about their passions and sharing those passions with you. Is it legal to be passionate with a unicorn lady? Head over to geekade.com today and tell us, what's your geek? Do you like reading words? I'd call it a hobby. What about looking at pictures? When the right moment strikes. What about wearing clothes? Ooh, I'm wearing some right now. Then One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men is the Facebook page for you. From news to artwork to merchandise for sale, One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men has got X-Men fans covered. I get it. Covered. Liking clothes. Jokes are funny. Check out One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook today. Okay. So... In keeping with our dazzling theme, uh, we're going to be talking about Marvel Graphic Novel number 12, Dazzler the Movie, for this month's <sighs> Mutant Memories. This came out towards the end of 1984, and not a whole lot of good things to say about this book. It um, was rapey. I would still recommend everyone nope. give it a read. Just you to kind of. You could tell. <laughs> That this book was written by a man. That's all I have to say. Oh my fucking god, yes. Abso-fucking-lutely. Um, no, I would definitely recommend anyone go out and give this a read. Just to see how shit was written back then. And we're not even talking about like 40s, 50s, and 60s comics. This was like the middle of the 80s. So not just that, but also like how Dazzler and women were treated in comics back then and how this was the president in 84 like this was somehow acceptable or whatever and it was reagan oh this was uh this was right i blame reagan this was right before the 84 election i guess so so yeah there now listen i do have a few 
good things to say about this book. Um, but for the most Man. part, for the, <laughs> for the most part, no, this was not a good issue. And it was kind of rapey, sad to see too. But I wouldn't just like recommend you go back and read this, read her series or at least some of it. It was very silly. It was very silly. And yes, you could tell a lot of it was written by a man. But anyway, we'll get to more of Dazzler's real origins uh, a little bit later. But first, we got to we gotta talk through this. So Allison is a working class girl. But of course, she's a dance exercise instructor at a gym. Um, very, Jazzercise. Very stereotypical female job. Um, she, it looked very cute. Uh, and it's one thing I will say about this book. Art was great. I love the yeah. art. Uh, it was It was very, very good art. But um, yeah. So this some some dude who's really full of himself, fuck boy, comes right up to her after the class, and first thing out of his mouth is, "Wow, you're incredibly sexy." And she just says, "Thanks." Like I'm sure there were women who acted like that in the '80s, but a, as a dude who like a dude who would write this would really think some woman just took that as a compliment and would be like, "Oh, thanks," and then that's that's just it. Like, it's that's like not that's like a woman responding to a cat call. Yeah, like. Right? Oh, hey, oh. nice ass. Oh, thank you. Do you yes, want to come back to seriously. my place and fuck? Yeah. Like, what is wrong with men? Jonathan, tell me. Please, please what tell me what's fuck? wrong with men. Do you Why? think I'm like all no, men? No, thank I you. don't. But, like, I don't know. You have some insight. You must. Like, you know men. Yeah. I don't know. We're generally fearful and insecure, especially about our masculinity. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> very apparent with some of these writers yeah um so anyway um, are very in- easily intimidated by by strong women so this uh <laughs> this eric beale guy asks her out or whatever and yeah. she's like i'm busy i need to work out or whatever and uh she's just lifting like 120 pounds just like you know cash and uh <laughs> some like nerdy dweebus like asks her out for carrot juice or some shit and she's like i yeah, I'm going to take pity on the, you know, this disgusting, ugly-looking ginger nerd. Why are you being so mean? Because He was a nice this, boy. Okay, but also, <laughs> this just shows that this was written by a man to, to be like, hey, are you an ugly-looking ginger nerd? Yes, that's why you I'm reading comic books. You can get pussy, too. Like, <laughs> shut up. Like, girls don't want to see... The hot beauty queen ends up with the monster. But, um, <laughs> so, so Eric, like, then asks her out and, uh, uh, or she was like, I have, uh, I have work or something. And Eric's like, oh, no, yeah. you don't. Yeah. I just bought, bought this place. gym and what I'm promoting you to manager. Man. And I was Could like, not. what oh. a controlling fuck boy. You need to run the fuck away from there. You're, he's going to kill you. Yeah. That's a red flag that he's going to kill you. And this kind of shit was, like, normalized. Like, obviously, as as is evident and from this comic book. It's, like, seen as, like, what a sweet gesture. I guess? I, I, I don't know. What was wrong with men in the 80s? Like, if you were just a, sh- a straight man in the 80s, mm-hmm. I want you to message us. <laughs> Tell me what the fuck is wrong with you. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go home and ask my dad what the fuck was wrong with you Don't in the 80s. Don't fucking start any. Jesus Christ! 
I don't feel like everyone was, you know, I, I want to give the benefit of the benefit of the doubt that not everyone was like that. But yeah, obviously this was like a normalized thing back then. You look at all kinds uh. of media from the 80s and earlier, and I mean, shit, even more recently, and you can still see this kind of thing, maybe not as prevalent, thank God, uh, women were just fucking objects. Oh even, boy, I even, can't wait to see your fucking bankroll. Even in a fucking title featuring this like supposedly strong female character, she still gets fucking typecast as this like dumb damsel who is just, you know, eye candy for the dude. For several dudes. Yeah, for several dudes. Um not in just this comic, but also throughout her series, which was ridiculous. She cheats on a me. lot of boys. It was ridiculous. So we meet this fucking uh movie guy, Roman uh Nicobo. And he's this fat, bald, middle-aged dude. He's got fake teeth. He's got a fucking wig. And I didn't realize until today that his last name, Nakobo, is Hoboken, spelled backwards, because he was supposed to be like a ripoff of Frank Sinatra. He's some, like, Hollywood big shot who has noticed Dazzler as an entertainer and wants her to fucking get, like, a movie or whatever. So he announces that Dazzler is going to work with him. And, like, the two of them, like, haven't even met. And he just fucking shows up in her apartment and forces a fucking kiss on her. And she's, like, trying to get him off. And then she returns the kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Can we... Oh, my God. I just... And he's just like, women don't turn me down. Jonathan... She kicks him out anyway, but then he literally chases her down in a car the next day. And fakes a heart attack. Yeah. So she chases him. She blasts his tire. And then, yeah, he fakes a heart attack. So she runs over to make sure she's okay. And he's like, like, I knew you cared about me. No, that's not romantic. What the fuck is wrong with men? He should not have. And I'm not victim blaming. I'm, I'm blaming the writing on this. Like, she blasts out his tire, keep fucking running. Who fucking cares what happens? Let him have a heart attack. Maybe he'll learn his lesson. Don't run over and see if he's okay. There's other bystanders. Like, stop writing her like this fucking moron. Um, but she's a woman. Uh, what is she, man. supposed to have a brain? Yeah, she's an entertainer. No, she's just and supposed just, to kiss every fat, fucking, bald, buck-toothed schlub she meets. She, she has no education, you know? She's she's a dancer-sized fucking instructor. Jazzer-sized. She's stupid, right? And also, like... How creepy is it that he just insists, like, oh, um, yeah, Dazzler's going to be in this movie with me without ever, like, you know, getting any kind of screenplay or anything or proposing it to anybody. He just decides because his fucking man will of God. Yeah. And he's never met Dazzler. Oh, my God. I can't get over how fucking bad this book was just to women. Like, it, this book is such a slap in the face to me, personally, as a woman, <laughs> that I want to slap this book across the face of anybody who's alive who works on this comic. I'm going to slap them in the face with this comic. Yeah, we haven't mentioned it yet, but and, and we'll get to more about him in a little bit. The guy who wrote this, Jim Shooter, he was the editor-in-chief at Marvel for a bunch of years, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about him later but out of the entire dazzler series and obviously this is supposed to take place within the context of the dazzler ongoing that was going on at the time even though it's a standalone graphic novel most of the ongoing series 
it wasn't very good, but it was still kind of enjoyable in like a dumb, fun, funny sort of way. No, it didn't do anything to, or much anyway, to further women's rights or women's power. But like what we're discussing here, like set it back because yep. like this book, this, this book was not aimed towards it women. It was not marketed towards women. This was marketed towards dudes in the 1980s. It's, it's like so the, what you're getting from this is a bunch of dudes sitting here and reading that like, oh, you know, if a woman turns you down, you just have to keep trying. If a woman turns you down, you just have to impress her by doing something big. Well, oh, if you're a, a sad nerd who likes carrot juice and reads comics, you can still get the hot ladies. Are you talking um, about my stalker, Chris? Because that happens. I turned him down and he started stalking me. Yeah, but... But that wasn't a romantic love story. No, it's it's not. And so this kind of thing kind of trivializes that. And, like, I'm happy that we can sit here on, like, this side of, of history, look back and be like, listen... This was shitty because of how it painted women, how it painted the treatment of women, and how this is not acceptable uh, for, for dudes to be behaving. It's, it's nuts that at one point in history that this kind of treatment was acceptable and that it was mainstream and that it came out of a company that the two of us love. And I'm assuming if you're still listening at this point, you probably have some love for too. And it, I don't think it reflects Marvel as a whole. It reflects uh, a really sad time and unfortunate, and a bunch of unfortunate decisions that went into the writing of this book. Which is crazy because, like, even in the 92 cartoon, like, you know, they made Gene, like, such a powerful leader and not just, well, okay, no, there were a lot of times when she just was like, ah. Oh. <sighs> okay, never mind. Never mind. Fuck that. Fuck yeah. that. Never mind. I take it back. But the most, the most upsetting thing to me about this book is that Dazzler ends up giving Roman a chance and yeah. falls in love with him. Yeah. She she does and that's and that's the thing that like then she change she changes. Um you see her like he's got a mansion, you know, so she gets accustomed to fucking just going out and shopping all the he time. He bought her his he bought her her own mansion. She goes to Tiffany's. Yeah. She goes to like Nordstrom's and like all of these Really ritzy, expensive store. She gets her hair done in, like, a perm. Yeah. That was also problematic. But, you know, she told him, like, I'm not in it for the money. I know you're fat and bald and whatever. <laughs> so they they end up getting a screenplay for a movie. Uh, Roman is not really paying attention to his finances. And his accountant is like, you know, you're, <laughs> you're, you're broke, so <laughs> in debt. You yeah. need to do another movie yeah. or something. So... So she picks this screenplay, which depicts basically the plight and struggle of what it's like to be a mutant. Basically, what we just saw in X-Men Red with what Jane did yeah. of making the soldiers see what it's like to be a mutant. Yeah. And this was supposed to basically help humanize mutants and, like, give them a face and, like, you know, just kind of make it more acceptable. Like the will and grace of mutants. Even though, obviously, that was very problematic, it was still groundbreaking for the time. Yeah, and, I mean, because there's all this anti, anti-mutant anti sentiment going on across the nation, and it, they showed a newspaper in this comic that 
mutants number one world menace say special advisors to reagan so like you know that kind of drives it home so this whole idea for (laughs) thanks reagan for dazzler's movie was to paint mutants in a positive light and change public opinion so you know that's why they were going to go forward with this and you know it's a noble idea as cheesy and as corny as it sounds you know it was supposed to happen so this movie goes ahead and it gets made but in the meantime, right. Roman decides that he's going to out Dazzler as a mutant. He, oh my god. He figured out on his own, nobody else in the nation could, that her light tricks while performing are a mutant power. It's not just pyrotechnics. Yeah, it was totally Roman who figured that out. Yeah, it was just him, right? And But then he announces this public demonstration of her power. And this was really interesting. And what, she was just like, fine, and went along with it. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? You don't just out somebody. And if you do to a nation where the number one threat, the number one menace in the nation is mutants and you're right. going to out somebody as a mutant and they're just going to be like, oh, well, okay. Yeah, let's go no, on. Let's- you, it's, it is absolutely nobody's fucking business to out somebody else, especially if they're not ready. And- no, but what I want to say, though, is like it's not just that outing part, right? Right. With everybody, you know, with all the anti-mutant sentiment, it was... I'm going to out you as a mutant when the vast majority of the nation hates mutants. Now, let me bring you into a huge public place where anybody can see you and let's show you off to the people. Right. Like she was some sort of fucking spectacle. And this isn't just like with what you're getting at about like, you know, people coming out of the closet or it it goes back to the kind of exploitation that fucking uh, black people and were they experienced because of... um, What's his fucking name? The Greatest Showman? Uh, P.T. Barnum? The kind of shit that they, they used to put on. These spectacles at these fucking, like, carnivals. Like, come look at this the African... Yeah, exotic. Whatever. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it would be, you know, an indigenous African woman with, you know, an African woman's body and basically out on display for all these ritzy white people to be like, oh, ho, ho, look at this. You know, it was absolutely ridiculous. Like, she was a fucking piece of cattle. Being str- being taken out in front of all and these people. And this is the man that she supposedly loves. This yeah, They fell in love with each other. <laughs> no woman would read this and be like, what a good story. That was sweet. But so, honestly, though, so here's one thing that I did like. Tell me the one thing. About the story, though. Was Tell me. The actual display of power itself. All the fucking plant. No, what? Stop! All- no, no, no. That was that was cool, but it had absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the story. But, but that's what right. I'm saying, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, so like the plane, you know, the engines are revving. The, uh, yeah, there's like three planes going. There's a bunch of planes, and she's sucking up all this, all the fucking sound. You can't hear anything, like even like the cheering or I anything. Think, yeah, Roman was like, "Oh my god!" Like everybody's like cheer, like saying like whatever, but like you can't hear a sound. She absorbed all of that. Before she like produced all the light show, but so this was this was interesting because this did something to Dazzler. So up until this point in the comics, when she would fight, she needed to carry this portable radio with her yeah. at all times because she needed the sound to be in real time in order to blast the light. But this kind of changed it over to well, I can store the sound in me and carry it and then turn it into light. Yeah, kind of like Sunspot. Yeah, so it made that a little bit, it made that make a little bit more sense. So I did really appreciate that. But what happens right after Dazzler puts on this show uh, in front of all of these people, in front of the media? Yeah, they all fucking run away screaming and yelling that they're going to die. And then everybody starts going after Dazzler. 
everybody. People are picketing outside of her home, threatening her, jumping the fence. They're going after Roman too. They can't fucking catch a break. And then finally, Allison comes face to face with uh, Eric Eric Beal again. He's the one who financed this movie and said, listen, this movie is never going to see the light of day unless you sign on as like an exclusive to work with me and you're basically going to become my slave. If you don't sign this contract, I am burning this movie. And then at this point, we will mention that Eric Beal is the one who told Roman that Dazzler was a mutant. Not only... Did he? Yes. Okay. Roman had no idea. He's a fucking idiot. Uh, Eric was the mastermind behind everything. He... Yeah. Um, and so here's... here's Something very, very stupid, though. So Eric said, you're probably right what you think is going to happen with this movie. Because remember, we said before, the whole purpose of this movie was to paint mutants in a positive light. Show humans the mutant struggle and make everyone sympathetic. Eric said, you know, this is probably going to work. Your movie is probably going to be a huge hit and change public opinion on mutants. All you have to do to get it shown is sign this contract. Now, two things here. First of all, that's disgusting. This is kind of a recurring theme about how this is written and how the man has to have power over this stupid little woman and blah, blah, blah. But more to the point I want to make is that Dazzler should have said, okay, and signed it. Had the movie get released. Let's see if everyone's, if, if public opinion changes. Maybe people are going to start to be more sympathetic to mutants now. Listen. You are a really powerful mutant. When Early in her history, she was written as very fucking powerful. She could have killed this guy. She could have had him arrested somehow. She could have fucking stolen she it. She could have called the X-Men to help her get out of this contract or something. There would have been a way out of it. And it could have helped mutant kind. But at the same time, I don't want to shame her. I feel bad because I was thinking about this. Like, you should have just done it anyway and then gotten out of the contract yes, later. Yes, I thought about that as well. But... You know, she wants to be a strong, independent woman and say, fuck off. You know, I'm not going to sell myself out. So I, I don't really know where to stand so on So the that. other point around here that we should mention is that uh, Eric told Stazzler that Roman, the supposed love of her life, had signed the similar contract. Yeah. So Dazzler's like, there's no way he wouldn't have done that. And Eric's like, uh, yeah, bitch, look at this. So, um, basically, Roman, like, sees her before he leaves forever and says, I love you more than everything in anything in the world, but I'm broke. And <laughs> she's like, I understand, baby. I love you. I'll see you never again. Yeah, the end. So fucking stupid. Yeah. So bad. Like. Yeah, it was, it was pretty fucking terrible. Like I said, the only good things I could really find about this, other than the art, you have Frank Springer, great artist. He did a lot of her series, the main series, too. It was the actual display of her power, that explanation for how she can store it. And I still kind of thought that that end with Eric Beale, when she, you know, said fuck off with the contract and walked out, that that was kind of badass, even though I'm kind of conflicted on it. And she also burned the only copy of the film. She did. She did it herself. That's, again, that's kind of badass, but I'm still kind of conflicted. So, yeah, this was yeah. a really bad comic. It was so bad. But why I wanted to talk about that comic was because oh god um first of all we had dazzler x song come out uh which you know it was good uh so i wanted to talk about that the dazzler the movie graphic novel but for those of you who are unaware there was supposed to be a dazzler the movie before the graphic novel ever came out 
like an actual feature film. So, uh, Jim Shooter, and I'm going to post a link to this article. This was, I think in 2011, this article was published. Um, in early 1979, they were going, Marvel was going to have this joint venture with a record company that they were going to produce comics featuring a character and they produce and market music. Using studio musicians. That's kind of cool, like Vocaloid. It's an, yeah, it's an interesting idea, and obviously, like you said, this kind of thing has been done since, but, um, you know, they wanted to, they gave her the light powers, um, they wanted to, her to be able to do her own light show, they got the Dazzler, um, and then they, you know, uh, they liked the sound of Disco Dazzler. Her original name, instead of Allison Blair, this was stupid, Tom DeFalco wanted it to be Evelyn Free, which was supposed to be evil and free. Stupid. And they thought that was stupid and no one liked it. Um, I hate it. So then Casablanca Records and Filmworks wanted to launch this as a half an hour animated uh, special. Um, they wanted a lot of Marvel heroes in it. They came up with all these stars who could be the voices. Um, they got Robin. They were talking about Robin Williams, Cher, Donna Summer. Rodney Dangerfield, like all these different people, and they wanted to do um, this cartoon. So they decided after uh, Jim Shooter wrote this treatment for the show that they weren't going to make it a show. They were going to make it a feature-length film. Um, so yeah, so a treatment is basically a summary of the overall plot of the I things that are going to no happen. Idea what that meant? Yeah, I thought it was just supposed to be a review. <laughs> I had no idea. So in this link that I'm going to post, after the article is done, there is a link to a PDF of the 11-page treatment for what was going to end up as a Dazzler movie. They were going to move forward with this. They met with Bo Derek, who I don't, I'm sure she's probably still in stuff. She's a bit older now, but then she was young and sexy. She was going to be Alison Blair. Um, Bo Derek agreed to be Dazzler. They, you know, got Bo Derek's husband attached to it to direct, um, which nobody really liked. But Bo Derek said, I'm only going to be in it if my husband can direct it. And he was kind of known for being a shitty director. So, so yeah. So, basically, the whole deal fell through when, um, you know, the production studio didn't like John being the director. Um, Jim Shooter was pissed that Marvel didn't want him to write the screenplay for it. And, by the way, if you have already forgotten, Jim Shooter is the one who wrote that terrible Dazzler, the movie, the movie graphic novel. So, yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter anyway. You read the treatment, you're going to see how bad this would have been. Uh, I, I can't believe that this got as far as it did. You know, when things fell through with John and then, obviously, Bo Derek, they were going to try to get Daryl Hannah attached, and nobody else wanted anything to do with it. The treatment is really, like, okay. Imagine if you were five, <laughs> you took bath salts and named every celebrity you could think of, and then made some of them witches, like, just a good witch, bad witch, like, uh, you know, Wizard of Oz, he's a good witch, bad witch. Maybe, oh, maybe neither of the witches are so bad after all. And then this queen's got a posse, and then this queen's got a posse. It's, yeah, that's so, that's basically what this movie was. Here, we're not going to do this here, though. We're not going to, like, recap, review all this like like we just did with no, no, no. the graphic novel. But I just wanted to point out a couple of things. The village people. The village people are in it. 
Kiss. Uh, you guys need to go read this. It's 11 pages, but it's a pretty fucking quick read. And it is hilariously bad. Like Five-year-old on bath salts. They're, yeah. So, like, none of the characters are, you know, introduced properly or given any background. It's just like, Dazzler is here. The Avengers are there for no reason. Spider-Man, there for no reason. They're whisked away for no reason. And then Rodney Dangerfield is there. <clears throat> You're in the future. And there's a prophecy that Dazzler is the Sun Queen. Cher is supposed to play a Witch Queen, right? And Donna Summer is supposed to play the Queen of Fire. And these two Witch Queens have their own little mini armies, right? The Dread Knights are played by members of KISS. The members of KISS all have superpowers. Uh, the fighters for Donna Summer are literally the village people. Lenny and Squiggy, not credited as the actor's name, uh, credited as Lenny and Squiggy from the Laverne and Shirley are in this movie. Robin Williams was supposed to be the love interest for Dazzler. Oh my god. I... Rodney Dangerfield plays at least four characters. <laughs> Jonathan, I can't I can't get this over this. I would amazing. Have, I would have killed myself when I Stop. came out of the womb if this movie existed. Oh my god. I cannot believe that like Jim Shooter put this together and he was mad that Marvel wanted a screenplay by somebody else. Can I just talk <laughs> about I don't know who the fuck Jim Shooter is, but I I just hate him. I just he's a bad person. So yeah. You had a bad graphic novel and then a bad summary for a movie. But, you know, the one was very offensive and awful and dated, and this this movie treatment is just fucking hilarious um if you're gonna read either one of the two definitely read the treatment like i said so there's gonna be a link to the article because they interviewed jim shooter and he gave all the information about this and then at the bottom of that article there is a link to download the pdf file like i said it's like 11 pages but it's a pretty quick read and it's just so fucking bad it's hilarious it, it, it really is can i just <clears throat> this movie was basically it would have been flash gordon the movie. Okay. Mixed with The Wizard of Oz. Uh-huh. Mixed with a porn parody. Mixed with RuPaul's Drag Race. No. No, no, no. <laughs> you don't. You leave RuPaul's Drag Race out of it. It's just because Cher and Donna Summers were supposed to be in this movie. Don't bring RuPaul in this. But but I want to share with RuPaul. Oh, my God. Because we share. I'm and, leaving. We share and share alike. <laughs> All right. That'll do it. For this episode of Mutant Musings, thanks for joining us. And don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com, 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook, leave us feedback on iTunes, and follow us on Instagram to check out some of our favorite X images at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. What do you think is going to happen to X now that he's not in Astonishing X-Men anymore? Are you happy or sad that the Dazzler movie never happened? <laughs> Join us next time when we'll be talking about new comics and some news. Until then, Cher was right. <laughs>